common advice is don't come to an MBA without a, a pretty good idea of what you want to do. Um, and I, I would echo that advice. Welcome to the MBA Jam Podcast with your host, Avinash Bajaj. Hi folks, Avinash over here again. Welcome to another episode of the MBA Jam. I'm very excited to talk to today's guest. This is because not only is today's guest in digital product management, the same as what I do in my full-time job, but also because today's guest also regularly advises and supports MBA students about how to break into product management after their MBA education. Today we have Max Westman on the show. Max is currently the VP of product management at GoodHire where he oversees GoodHire's product strategy, development, pricing, marketing, and the overall growth. Before joining the Inflection team, which is the parent of GoodHire, Max managed and launched enterprise and small business software products for HP and Microsoft. Max has received an MBA from University of California, Berkeley's Haas School of Business, and undergraduate degrees from the Wharton School and School of Arts and Sciences at the University of Pennsylvania. From what I know, Max's passions outside of work include international travel, golf, cooking, home brewing, and epic karaoke performances. Max, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Great. So, Max, what, what else would you like to add um, to my introduction about you? Well, I think that was pretty comprehensive. Um, I would say that, yeah, I'm you know just generally... Uh, a passionate person when it comes to to product, and um, you know, I, I've spent some good time over the years after my MBA helping other students who have wanted to break into product management specifically and help them navigate that path um, if they've particularly come from non-traditional backgrounds. So that's kind of one of my specialties. But in general, just uh, really excited to be with with you uh, here today and and talk about um, my path to the MBA and how it's it's helped me and, and kind of changed the, the course of my career in life. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's excellent. And in fact, something I did not get an opportunity to tell you pre-interview was that's how actually I found you. Um, because oh. <laughs> um, uh, like I mentioned, I did my MBA at Imperial um, six years ago. And actually in the last year or something, I've, go- I've been going back to Imperial and I run workshops um, for MBA students to break into product management. Um, and then while just browsing around for inspiration, that's, that's how I actually found you. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that's yeah. great. I'm, I'm glad I could inspire. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, because because uh, you you can have your own um, you know thoughts on this. That's that's one area I felt wasn't given enough attention and focus. And I'm absolutely passionate about this area of product management. Um, and that's why when I go back, it, it's really surprising that you know something like this, which is so relevant in today's um, digital space, doesn't have a focus in the curriculum. <laughs> Uh, of the MBA. So that's why I tried to do it um, through running workshops. Uh, th- does Berkeley have something dedicated or is this something you're doing it again um, on the side of the other courses that they have? Well, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a good point you make. I'd say that when I w- was at Berkeley, it wasn't quite as formalized as it is now. There is definitely a lot more focus, particularly being in the Bay Area and there is such a high demand for product management roles. And so 
because so many students have been going into uh, the profession uh, of late, they have definitely put a lot more resources and um, efforts, particularly within the career management group in conjunction with uh, the various clubs um, and organizations to build out more of a, um, a path for people who are interested in product management. I believe there, there are some courses that now um, are more specifically targeted towards um, what product management really means and, and how to um, understand the, the discipline itself. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a, a formal concentration, like you can go to Berkeley now and get a certificate in product management, but it's definitely um, a much better defined path and something that there are a lot more resources at the school now to help support. One of which is actually uh, the industry specialist advisor program that uh, the career management team brought on. And that's one of the programs that I'm a part of where they bring in uh, experienced alumni um, of both Berkeley as well as other schools who are working in product management and set up specific one-on-one -on -one time to help students prepare their resumes, prepare for mock interviews, and then also we come to campus and help run some workshops. So sounds very similar to the type of work that you're doing. Um, but yeah, I'd say overall, prog management is, is it's um, gotten a lot more attention and um, I'm happy to be helping promote it at the school. Yeah, it's very interesting. There's this industry specialist advisor and, and looks like that's something Berkeley has um, you know, focused and, and paid attention. That's really interesting because, you know, back in the days when I was doing my MBA, I, I did have a lot of, um, you know, alumni coming in, but most of them were focused around, you know, traditionally like finance or consulting or, or management um, strategy, etc. And But but still, that wasn't like a specialty like how it's in Berkeley. So, yeah, if, if there are any universities listening, that's a really good tip, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Well, I think a lot of it's also a reflection of the the local economy and, and job market. There are obviously a lot of tech companies in the Bay Area where Berkeley's located. There are a lot of PM jobs that uh, MBA graduates are, are targeting. So yeah, I think they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, no, absolutely true. And I guess I guess the influence of, you know, uh, people like Sundar Pichai and Marissa Mayer, you know, uh, taking product sure. management to uh, a more visible level also helps. <laughs> absolutely. Great, great. Um, yeah, sorry, I just I just accelerated that part right away. <laughs> um, the one thing what I wanted to understand is um, maybe can you talk a little bit more about what has been your thought process as you have transitioned across to different roles throughout your career? Sure. So you know, prior to my MBA, I actually started my career in management consulting, much like a lot of folks who MB end up getting their MBA. And for me, I, I still look upon my time in consulting uh, really fondly. I think that I got a, a lot of really strong core analytical and just kind of general business skills out of that experience. Uh, I also worked with some incredibly smart people, and I, I got to, to work on projects that, based on my very limited experience coming out of college, I probably wouldn't have worked on um, in any other profession. So that was a great start, I'd say, to my career. But what I found after a few years is that what I really wanted to do was to get closer to the customer and, and really make a more tangible impact on businesses. I felt like I, I was doing a lot of really important work, but I wasn't necessarily 
seeing kind of the fruits of my labor. And that's something that uh, was getting more and more important to me as I was progressing through my time in consulting. And eventually, I really wanted to be able to own my own P&L. That was something that I determined would be really important for me eventually if I wanted to start my own business or, or run a company. I thought that I needed to get a little bit closer to the, the core aspects of running a business. And so you know, that's ultimately what led me back to business school, and that's where I discovered product management. I say as a nice blend of my interest in wanting to make something tangible, uh, particularly within the tech realm, but also the wide range of skills that I knew I possessed from my time in consulting. And so that kind of led me to to Berkeley because I knew that I wanted to be back in California. That's where a lot of the types of roles within product management would be uh, easier to come across. And you know, then I I said, okay, well, how do I get kind of a formal training and, and formal foundation in product management? And that's why I targeted larger companies, specifically Microsoft, where I interned, and then HP, where I worked for several years, and got that great initial experience of what is life as a PM. I, I got to participate in some really great uh, formal training courses, and then I was able to take that experience and, and parlay it into uh, a really unique role at uh, the company I work for now, Inflection, where I was given the opportunity to basically create a business from scratch, good hire. Uh, I was given an idea, a uh, partial uh, business plan that was written, but I really got to take the reins and and complete the business plan, work with the team, build out a brand, workflows, um, a product, and then eventually manage the, the, the growth and, and uh, maturation of, of that business. So that's my, my story, I guess, as, as I would put it. Interesting, interesting. So, so it, it, it sounds like Good High was almost like a business created within a business to, to focus on a specific area. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was. It, it was something that, that grew out of a, a need that um, the founders of Inflection, uh, Matthew and Brian Monahan, found. So they had a, a previous business that, that still is running called People Smart. And that uh, especially, essentially is a, um, it's a people lookup service, a people data lookup service, where you can come to People Smart. You think of it like a phone book for the 21st century, as it's been called, and you can look up public information about people. Well, what happened was a lot of businesses, particularly small businesses, were trying to use PeopleSmart to run background checks or just look up more information about candidates that were applying for jobs at their companies. And there's a myriad of regulations um, in the U.S. around hiring and how you can use data to make a decision about hiring someone. And so this really was the genesis behind Good Hire can we create a employment background screening service that um, really caters to the needs of, of this particular um, segment, which initially was the small business segment, and we've we've grown from there. But you know, how can we do it differently? How can we um, expand upon some of the um, areas of innovation that um, Brian and Matthew saw within the market? And that's really the challenge they gave me is, is you know, where can we find innovation uh, based on all the knowledge that they already had about people data and, and the digitization of, of public records? 
Um, and, and that's kind of the, that was the foundation that they gave me and what we worked from. Great. So that's 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 a story of inflection, and that's the story of good hire from there. Um, do, do you think um, the fact that you know good hire happened after your MBA? You know, is do you think that kind of made the job easier because of the learnings you got of the MBA, or what are your thoughts around it? How much of how much of the MBA learning or knowledge do you think contributed towards that? I think it definitely played a part. Um, you know, I think in a lot of ways it was a the culmination of a lot of things that I had done. It was a culmination of my work and consulting of my previous job experiences at Microsoft and HP. But yes, also a lot of the the things that I learned while at business school. So there were classes I took around organizational behavior, for instance, that were definitely important as I was trying to navigate a new organization and really construct a new organization. And one of the biggest challenges I had, frankly, was changing the mindset and introducing uh, a B2B business into a traditional B2C business in inflection. This was the first B2B business that inflection had ever uh, taken on. So I'd say that was definitely a, a large portion of my learnings from business school in terms of how to structure my communications, how to think about um, how to kind of um, put together an organization and and what the different um, pieces of that organization should look like. There are other things that I gained from my MBA, including um, I took some financial modeling courses, which was important as I was building out business cases, as I was trying to justify some of the investments in this new business, and you know, generally some other things around market research and um, strategy. Um, I haven't had to use too much of my accounting, but I definitely end up looking at uh, a lot of, uh, of P&L spreadsheets now, so I, I'd say that also played a part. So, yeah, I, I, again, a, a culmination of, of many things, but definitely my MBA and, and certain classes and experiences through that that um, that schooling has played a part in in my role at Inflection. Yeah, that's very interesting. I think I think that um, closely relates to you know another uh, recent guest I had on the show, and. Um, Actually, a few of them have spoken about the the importance and the necessity of empathy, um, you know, towards the organizations you go on to work to. So how was, you know, the concept of organization behavior uh, or generally the soft skill courses um, in the MBA? Is is that something that, um, you know, some college like Berkeley pays attention to or is that, uh, you know, something that takes uh, secondary preference as compared to the hard skills like accounting or finance. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's interesting because I I feel like there is probably a bias towards the more hard uh, type of, of classes, the finance, accounting, uh, the more technical classes. And even in school, I remember wondering how important and relevant some of the uh, the cases I was reading in in my organizational be- behavior classes would be, but in reality, it is very important, and uh, I think a lot of it was knowledge that I didn't quite know I needed until I had to apply it, and it kind of yeah. uh, it, it came out naturally. So, you know, the the nice thing about Berkeley's core curriculum, at least when I took it, and it, it may have changed, um, 
was that there was a, a required organizational behavior class. And so I did take that. I also took another really interesting and, and I think influential class, which was called Power and Politics, which uh, is, is an interesting class. And a lot of it is around how do you navigate a corporate structure and, and how do you build alliances and uh, try not to, to let any of them crumble as you're um, trying to get things done within a company. And it was a very helpful class. Also negotiations, which is a related course, which, which I took. And I think yeah, I don't find myself in, in hardcore negotiations on a day-to-day basis, but the skills around compromise, around presenting my ideas in, in an influential way, th- these are all skills that uh, I find that I have to use probably more often than um, some of my Excel skills. So <laughs> yeah, it, it really is important. And again, you don't really realize it until you get back into the working world and have to um, apply those skills in a day-to-day context. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, very, very true. I mean, very recently, I've been thinking a lot about this topic as well, about, you know, this concept of case studies. And, you know, back in the days, I don't know how it was in your class, but we were studying about, you know, companies like Kodak and and how companies haven't been able to evolve that quickly. And, you know, looking back, everything seems clearer. But in that moment, it's, it's very hard. And especially when you consider the area of startups and, you know, concepts like MVPs and concepts like, you know, lean startup space, um, such case studies are rarely translatable in, in, in today's world. I mean, so, so the question I'm trying to get to is, how did you find the transition from, you know, MBA and traditional case studies to, you know, the more the more challenging environment of startups where you have absolutely no idea as to where you need to go even the next week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a good question. You know, I, I'd say that you could make the argument that case studies don't necessarily 100% prepare you for life in in a, in a tech startup, at least. And you know, working in a tech startup is frankly the best way to do that. I was fortunate to have a, a small internship at a startup while I was taking courses at Berkeley, and I think that helped me just understand what working at a startup was like. And so that it, that experiential learning was really important to me. And that's actually something that that um, Haas really also encourages is students going out and, and working on projects for startups or even taking on small internships. But I agree, it's um yeah, it's it's tough to be able to to recreate the experience of of working in that type of an environment without actually being in that environment. So I think, yeah, the more hands-on experiences you can get, reading cases is great. You definitely get one perspective, but I think uh, mixing that with some real-world project experiences within the types of organizations that ideally you want to be working in. And, and you know, one of the reasons I did an internship for a startup is because, one, I never worked for a startup, and I wanted to make sure that that was the type of environment that I felt comfortable in. And it might not be for everyone. They might feel more comfortable with more structure and more understanding of what's coming next week and the week after. And so a lot of ways, that's a, that's a personal preference and one that you don't really get the opportunity to understand about yourself until you throw yourself into the fire, so to speak. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and to be honest, um, I've, I've been wanting to ask you this question um, you know, since we got started. Um, so I looked at a LinkedIn profile and you have like four internships uh, throughout your career and you talked a little bit about that. Now, that's not very really common, right? So um, I've, I've done MBA. After MBA, I did an internship and I was possibly one of the very few people who did an internship, you know, because after MBA, no one thinks you should do an internship. People think, okay, you got an MBA, now you should probably get an executive level job somewhere. But um, I, I feel there's something in there. So there's a story, you know, that says you're not afraid to start from scratch and pursue something you really want. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, yeah, I definitely have had a number of internships. I'd, I'd say, you know, several of them actually were during my college years. And I think a lot of that influence was my parents who just encouraged me to go try out a bunch of different areas of um, of work. And so I interned in uh, finance and in marketing and advertising and investment research. And all these experiences, much like the one that I did working for a video analytics company while I was uh, at Berkeley, were about gaining experiences and just understanding how I felt in those environments. And I, I agree. I, I think that you know, internships are important because it's you, you kind of get a free pass to try something out. You're not necessarily committing uh, to a yeah. long-term engagement. And for myself, for instance, I realized that finance wasn't for me. And I didn't have to go through the full recruiting process and work for a, a large financial firm in order to understand that about myself. And and so that's why I do encourage people when they have the opportunities, particularly when they're in school. And that's one of the great things about, frankly, getting MBAs. It, it yeah. gives you that license to try things out and to talk to people and to ask questions, to work on projects, to take internships while doing your MBA to help solidify the types of work and environments that really uh, resonate for you. And yeah, that, that's kind of been always my um, way of thinking about internships and just experiential learning, as, as I like to put it. True, very true, very true. I I just wish a lot more people would do the internship because you're absolutely right. It's it's something that helps you get an exposure in a very short amount of time. Um, and, and, and maybe because my experience is coming from a one-year MBA where you don't really have much opportunity. And, and after that also, I think, you know, if you're doing an MBA, you shouldn't be afraid to be willing to start from scratch in a way um, because that's that's how you will start to learn in a particular area. Absolutely. And students who are in evening weekend MBA programs, which take even longer, they take three, sometimes four years. And I encourage them if they have the time, if they're not working full-time or, or they're taking time off from their full-time job to, to try out internships and just to try to get that experience, particularly those people who want to transition careers and move into product management, I encourage them to try it out, to just get to experience what it's like, because it's a pretty big commitment in terms of the prep of your resume and particularly for interviews. And you want to make sure that you're, you're, you're making the right decision to move into a particular area. So yeah, I mean, uh, a one-year MBA is, is, is definitely tough to get as many of those experiences as you'd like. A two-year MBA even seems short. So 
it's it's all about making the most out of the time you have and and finding every opportunity you can to to learn really yeah yeah absolutely um that there's one question which i would like to know is why berkeley i mean what was your thought process and you know are there other mba schools you applied to so I w- was living in New York at the time that I applied for my MBA, and I applied to schools all across the country, and I, I got into a, a number of, of great schools. My um, my reason for choosing Berkeley was a, a number of reasons. One, I just loved the general atmosphere there when I visited. I, I felt instantly very comfortable, and I, I'm not quite sure what it is. I, I just I just had this kind of magnetic pull to the school, so that was that was a, a big reason, just to the the people and the atmosphere. Uh, I liked the small class sizes when I went and visited. I I felt very at home there, and then the students seemed very open and um, energetic about just their their overall experience at Berkeley, and and that was something that also influenced me. Just the overall quality of life that everyone seemed to be enjoying there. And the fact that they were taking full advantage of being in the Bay Area, yes, they were taking great classes, but they were also um, working with local companies. They were traveling on weekends up to wine country and to Tahoe in, in the winter, and it, it was just a, a holistic experience of being at Berkeley that I, I really gravitated towards. And then there were some more practical reasons. I knew ultimately I wanted to come back to California where I'm originally from. I wanted to get into working in Silicon Valley and working at a company, particularly within product management within Silicon Valley. So uh, Berkeley's proximity was definitely a big pull for me. And then location-wise also, my family is in the Bay Area, so uh, I felt more comfortable there as well. And yeah, I mean, it was just, and and then also um, the alumni, I I met a a bunch of of Berkeley alumni who I also just connected to very um, easily. And all those things made my decision, um, while it's still difficult, at the end of the day, uh, one that I, I definitely don't regret. Yeah, very interesting. So, so it looks like everything you hope to achieve, you you're pretty much on path. <laughs> for, for the most part, yeah. You know, going into the process, it was definitely uh, my top school, and I was fortunate to get in. Um, but it was definitely not an easy process, and uh, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, absolutely. So, so how much of you know this process is something? was quite clear before you got in um, and the reason I ask is you know because when I was submitting my MBA application I had a general idea of where I want to be and eventually I also was you know with the aim of doing entrepreneurship I think similar to your intention of wanting to go into MBA uh, but then you know as you go through the through the years one year or two years in your case a lot of the things shift a lot of the mindset also adjusts accordingly and then you found product management, I found product management. But on the other hand, I know a few of them who started with the intention of going into investment banking, but they went completely into, you know, creative marketing, etc. So trying to understand what what was that process for you? How much of the thought process, as you mentioned, was crystallized before you got in and how much of it was, you know, enhanced and contributed during your time over there? Well, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm smiling because <laughs> I my application was was definitely not all about product management. <laughs> I I will fully admit that, and and I'm I'm still grateful I got in. I uh, w- when I was 
working, uh, I was working at Deloitte prior to uh, Berkeley, and I was doing a lot of work within um, the kind of real estate transformation side of consulting. So I was helping design flexible work programs and office spaces for companies. So I initially, one of my main reasons for coming to Berkeley was to explore that opportunity, how I could help revolutionize um, workplaces and collaboration between workers. So it was it was a slightly different angle um, than what I ultimately ended up in. And I actually really did actually discover product management when I got to Berkeley, to be mm. totally honest. <laughs> and it be mostly because I went to a number of presentations by companies and I joined several clubs, the, the Haas Technology Club, the Digital Media and Entertainment Club, and talking to second year students and alumni that's really where I learned more about product management. So I actually came in basically with two paths. I knew I wanted to be somewhere within tech. I had this fuzzy idea about working within office and workplace transformation and in collaboration. And then what it ultimately crystallized in was product management. So, you know, the common advice is don't come to an MBA without a, a pretty good idea of what you want to do. Um, and I, I, would echo that advice. I wouldn't come in thinking you want to do something mm -hmm. and end up doing something completely different because, again, even a two-year program isn't that much time to pivot. Um, but having you know some some kind of general direction you want to go in and an industry focus to a degree will will definitely help. Yeah. So that that's my my truthful story about how I ended up in product management. No, 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 absolutely. And I think I think I think it relates to, you know, everything I've heard so far as well over the over the past guests. And I think I think it's absolutely right. I think I think it helps to have some kind of general direction because a lot of the things move really quickly. And to be honest, when I when I got into MBA, you know, someone said hey if you're interested in consulting or investment banking, the deadline is, you know, next month and we're like how is it possible we just got in <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah exactly exactly so i so that's a general suggestion that i give to everyone you know saying your mba actually starts much before you think it starts <laughs> oh absolutely it starts when you submit your applications and all <laughs> exactly exactly so i mean the the other thing i wanted to really understand is maybe you you also understand this concept but it it's in the industry it's popularly known as you know the product manager is the ceo of the product now, in your case, you were pretty much, you know, the CEO of a separate line of business, uh, good hire. But how much of this do you agree or disagree with, uh, saying a product manager is a CEO of the product? Well, I think as a general concept, it, it makes sense. And I agree. I think it's tough, though, to make a blanket statement like that because the role of the product manager differs so much between organizations so I would take certain things away from, from that statement. Um, CEO in the sense that at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. So yeah. you are ultimately responsible for getting your product or your even specific set of features out the door. So you have to make sure that everyone who's working on your feature or product is in line and, and is getting their work done. You have to go uh, answer the tough questions from uh, investors or from customers. You're the front line. And 
so I, I'd say that yeah, the the most clear connection between a CEO and a product manager is is that um, that responsibility of, of ultimately the success of of the product lives and dies with you because you are the one initially who has to come up with the ideas, has to justify building out the feature. You are the one who has to manage it getting done and done on time, and then ultimately the results of what gets delivered. So that, in my mind, is is how it's similar to being a CEO, um, and that that's how I, I think about it, at least. Yeah, yeah, cool, fair enough. Now, changing gears a little bit over here, um, this is also some uh, a question that comes up quite often. Um, did the MBA degree for you become a benefit or a baggage, you know, uh, as you, you know, went around in this tech space? Because, um, you know, again, speaking a little bit from my experience, once I had passed out of MBA and once I was applying to some of the tech companies, um, you know, there was a certain favor in term, terms that, you know, when, when people are viewing MBA candidates, they don't generally like it the fact that they think uh, the mba candidate will be too high level be too strategic not someone who would want to get their hands dirty on the other hand for someone who's gone through the journey can understand uh, what it takes to to go into product management in a sense so for you how was the case did it become did it add weightage or did it actually become something that you were consciously trying not to tell everyone about <laughs> yeah it's a good question uh it's tough. Some companies value the MBA. Some could care less, and others actually actively uh, advise against hiring MBAs. And it totally depends on a number of factors. I'd say for me, it was a benefit. And I say that because I was able to take advantage of the formal on-campus recruiting processes that got me my internship at Microsoft and my full-time job at HP. And Knowing what I know now and being someone who hires MBAs, it, it it's tough to justify hiring an MBA at an MBA-level salary, particularly when the candidate doesn't have any experience in product management. Mm -hmm. And so the path I took was going to a larger company that was more accepting of MBAs and had a more formal program and, and valued the MBA, and then working my way into a company uh, startup that doesn't really value the MBA as as much. And, and my company's great, but we are not actively looking to necessarily hire MBAs because we don't have the resources to train new MBAs and and to provide them the frankly the compensation that they'd expect coming out of a top-tier business school. So it's tough. And you know, this is the type of advice I frankly give to a lot of the students I work with is you want to target companies that value your MBA and value your experience prior to MBA. And that's another part of it. I think I was fortunate in that I came out of consulting, which generally is looked upon more favorably because of the broad set of skills and kind of roll up your sleeves, figure things out with very little information type of work that consultants do. Um, but you know, for me, a lot of the prestige of getting MBA at, at a, a top tier school like Berkeley, it helped me get my foot in the door within product management. And then a lot of what I've had to do is is kind of build up my experience and, and my skill sets from there. 
And now the MBA, I'd, I'd say, is something that um, it, it adds to my profile, but is not the main reason that um, I would get hired for a, another job. Let's say. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's <clears throat> sorry. That that's very interesting. And is is that why you're actually going back to Berkeley and you know supporting and advising MBA students to break into product management because you think this is a kind of a learning that needs to be you know con given back to the community? Oh, 100%. I, you know, I, I definitely um, am thankful for my Berkeley experience because I do believe it helped me get into the career I'm in today, and I do want to give back. And I think the advising work that I'm doing is, is a great way to do that. Um, but as we've talked about today, it's not an, an entirely clear path, and there's no you know A to B to C type um, of advice that I can give students. A lot of it is things that I frankly learned from my own experiences. And I was thankful when I was at Berkeley to talk to a lot of second year and, um, and graduate students who shared their experiences with me. And I really valued that. And, and they helped guide me in the right direction. And so you know, I, I think that that's really motivated me to help not necessarily make sure that students don't make mistakes, but that they um, they put their best foot forward when it comes to going out for their their interviews and and being really prepared for the types of PM case questions that they're going to get. And particularly students that don't have a traditional background in engineering or um, some of the, the more common backgrounds you see in, in PM candidates, how do they structure their resumes to look more appealing to recruiters? These are things that it's hard to, to teach and hard to understand unless you have someone who's gone through it who can guide you in, in that direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, completely agreed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's good to hear the stuff that you really loved. Um, on the flip side, do you have any regrets? I wouldn't say I have a ton of regrets. You know, there's minor things. And a lot of this, I, I'd say, is just from experiences after school. For instance, I really wish I took uh, a pricing class that was taught at Berkeley and it was just impossible to get into because it was so popular. <laughs> and I found that I've had to do a lot of pricing exercises in school and, and I've had to look for other resources. So, you know, that's one thing. Um, I also think that I maybe could have taken a few more entrepreneurship classes. I, I took the intro class and I actually worked on a startup with some classmates Um for a bit of time, I worked on a, a business plan for a business plan competition. But you know, I'd say a lot of the um, the skills you acquire around how to think about structuring a business and um, your value to customers, and just how do you actually approach gaining customers? I took one interesting class on that, but yeah, there's a few more classes that, in hindsight, I would have focused on now and maybe not taken others. Um, but you know, I would say those are my main regrets. I, I, um, I've had so many more overwhelmingly positive experiences from my MBA, particularly with the lifelong friends I've made. And, you know, I, I'm definitely happy with the career path I've taken. And, um, so yeah, I, I definitely say the regrets are, are fairly minor compared to, uh, the, the gifts that the, um, experience has given me. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think considering the fact that you almost spun off Good Hire, you know, which is almost on the lines of entrepreneurship, um, that that would be quite interesting. So, do you have plans um, of starting your own business someday? Well, yeah, it's always a possibility. I um, you know, one of the reasons I, I really. Uh, was so enamored with the opportunity to come to Inflection to start Good Hire was that I always thought I did want to ultimately uh, start a company. I, I dabbled in entrepreneurship as early as high school with a friend of mine. And as I mentioned, I did a little bit of it when I was at Berkeley. Um, but I've never thought that I really had the risk profile to kind of go out there fully exposed into the entrepreneurial world. So um, I, I definitely say that now, based on my experiences starting Good Hire and then working on Inflection, I know a lot more mm-hmm. about what it takes in terms of resources, in terms of the just resilience you need to have. Um, so I don't know. I, I'd, I'd, I'd say never say never, um, yeah. but I think I'm, I'm pretty comfortable where I am right now working with smaller companies that have, have gotten past some of the at least initial hurdles of of, of a startup and funding and, and some of those fun things yeah absolutely how how is how is uc berkeley you know for focus on entrepreneurship or focus on you know different career paths are there some career paths that are traditionally very popular among the the, the students yeah so i definitely say tech is a very popular one mm-hmm. uh consulting you know those are probably the most popular uh finance is out there not quite as popular uh, actually there's a lot of real estate because um, the mm-hmm. real estate program is is, is um, a very good one. Healthcare is another one that that's pretty big in in the Bay Area, and then yeah, entrepreneurship actually is uh, a a big focus at Berkeley, and I think it's it's gotten even more so since I left. There are already a lot of resources um, in terms of uh, there's a VC pitch lab, and there's an incubator, and a number of entrepreneurship classes. But I know a lot of those resources have expanded even more since I left. So actually, I didn't mention this, but that was another reason that I wanted to, to come to Berkeley because I wanted to be exposed to entrepreneurship. Um, again, I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to dive headfirst into it, but that was one of the things that interested me. That's why I took some classes, why I worked with a group of students on a, a startup project because I wanted to uh, – get that experience and then feel what it was like to start a company. So yeah, it's definitely very well supported uh, at Berkeley. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can imagine. And I think, I think entrepreneurship is something that's, 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 you know, someone told me recently, the MBA schools obviously try to, you know, ride the trend and, and tech and entrepreneurship is something that is, um, you know, having, having an upside, having a wave right now, I wonder if there would be some VCs that would start focusing purely on MBA entrepreneurship. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it, it's possible. And, and that's, you know, one of the things that they, you know, Berkeley does bring in VCs who listen to pitches and uh, help judge business plan competitions. So yeah, I definitely say, you know, I, I've got my MBA was seven years ago, but yeah. it, um, you know, even back then, it was it was very popular and and in vogue, um, mostly because of some of the large successes that had uh, come out of the valley. So, yeah, I, I don't think I don't see any signs of of entrepreneurship going away, and I, I'd say it's still a, a popular path for people. 
yeah absolutely absolutely great um just, just a few more questions max i i know you have a hard stop um so what, what do you think are some of the top career tips that you would give to someone who's considering to do an mba well d- despite what i uh, mentioned <laughs> earlier about my sort of wishy-washy plan uh when i went in for my mba i, I do think you need to have some level of a plan um not necessarily kind of the exact position that you're going to go for when you graduate from your program, but you definitely need to have an idea of what you want to get out of your MBA. And there's, in my mind, three kind of areas of focus in your MBA. There's the the classroom experience. So what are the particular sets of classes and skills that you want to take out of the MBA? There's the career um, focus or, you know, what are the the types of companies that you're going to try to network into and, and even get an internship in. And then there's the social aspect. How are you going to build relationships with people and um, uh, your, your network that will last the rest of your life? And so a, a lot of um, getting into an MBA is, is thinking about how you want to balance those three areas and what's most important to you. And when you graduate from your MBA, look look ahead one or two or three years, depending on the program you're going into, and what are the things you want to graduate with? Um, and having some level of a, of a vision of what that looks like will ultimately guide and prepare you for how you're going to use your time in the MBA. And that's the best, the, the most important thing is don't waste the time. For people, especially who take a who go into a full time program where you're taking off work, it, it's a tremendous opportunity. And I tell people all the time, just do as much as you can, cram as much, uh, as many life experiences as you can. Your MBA in terms of travel, in terms of meeting people, taking classes, um, going to to speaker series, uh, participating in in projects. It, suck up as much life experience as you can during that time. Um, because it, it may be the only other point in your career or life that you'll have that opportunity. Absolutely, and I, I think, I think the last point you mentioned on the networking and the social aspect that is pretty much you know unanimous across the board as as everyone I've spoken to so far. In fact, most people would. Uh, have have said that you know the best discussions you actually have during the MBA is in the bar or <laughs> in the pub you know that that's <laughs> when you actually end up having some of the most you know interesting conversations and that's the kind of network you almost you know be in touch um, even many years after you finish your MBA <laughs> absolutely <laughs> great great absolutely great I mean the other question I had was some of the top application tips but I guess you covered um, you know uh, some of that in, in your career tips as well so I, I don't think yeah I'll I mean the only, the only thing I'd add just mm-hmm. in general is that admissions um, folks can really very easily read through BS and as it, <laughs> as it says and so you know, my main tip to people, and I help people as they're preparing for their interviews, is just be as honest and introspective as you can, which may seem obvious, but until you get to start writing your essays and trying to represent yourself on paper, it's a lot harder than it seems. And the other tip that I generally give people when they're working on their applications is to get someone to review your essays 
that is a professional writer that does writing for a living and especially mm-hmm. persuasive writing. So someone who works in advertising or is a, um, is a, an, a, um, a, an author or um, I actually used a screenwriter, someone who has to put together stories wow. for a living. And, you know, your essays don't have to be epic, but you want to have someone help you get your most genuine self out on, on paper. And particularly if you're not a very good writer or uh, are not able to write as um, effectively as you speak, for instance, or even if you, you can't speak that well, you, you need to be able to um, put yourself on, on paper. And that's the most important part, I'd say, of the um, the MBA because the, the numbers are – everyone's got – GMAT and and uh, GPA numbers, but your essay really is your unique opportunity to represent yourself. And so, you know, give yourself the best shot you can by getting someone to to help you put yourself out there on paper. Very interesting. You know, no, ab- absolutely. And I think it's so important. And you're the very first one to mention it. You know, considering how important this is. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, great. Absolutely. Um. What else did I have? Yes, I mean the last thing I just wanted to understand is that, you know, is there anything else that you wish I asked you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think we've gone through a lot. I um, ho- hopefully I've I've provided a couple nuggets of of wisdom as, as best much. I can, and yeah, this is this has been a great experience, and uh, yeah, I hope I can help a couple people find their their path to the MBA and and um, post MBA world and um, yeah if anyone has any particular questions for me you can find me on LinkedIn I'd, I'd be happy to to answer them exactly I mean the very last thing I wanted to ask is you know how can the audience find out more about you and how can they contact you yeah I'd, I'd say LinkedIn's the best way and uh, I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn at least in terms of responding to messages and um, I'll post a few articles out there. So yeah, find me on LinkedIn if you're interested in, in what I'm doing or want to learn more about uh, Good Hire or any of the other things I've worked on and or uh, Berkeley Haas. Perfect, yeah. And if anyone has any questions for Max, you can, you can always email me at avinash at mbajam.com and I can run it by Max and if he's happy, I can I can put you in touch with him as well. I hope that's okay. Yeah. That's that's fine. Okay, great, Max. Thank you. This has been excellent. Uh, thanks a lot for your time. I know you've taken time off in the middle of your uh, busy day, so thanks a lot for that. And thank you for the invitation. I really enjoyed this. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The MBA Jam. Now it's time for you to take action. Head over to TheMBAJam.com to listen to more episodes and discover great resources.